anyone who doesn't know me, I'm Barb. I'm our family's minister here. And um, I'm going to um, explore a little bit about um, what it's going to take um, for um, the faith of Jasmine, faith of Holly, and the faith of Alistair to actually continue on throughout their life. And they've got a strong part in that. We've all got a strong part in that. Their peers, their family, and also our church community as well. So I'm wanting to explore that today. And um, young people, that's particularly why we've invited you to stay in today, because actually I'm speaking about stuff that's important for you to be doing as well as the rest of the church community. So I wonder what you think it means that um, for people to be here to stay with their faith. What will it take for um, Holly and Alastair and Jasmine to be people who are following Jesus in five years' time, in ten years' time, in 20 years' time, in 40 years' time, in 60 years' time? What are the things that are going to mean that that's the case? There's a number of different um, things that um, come together that people have explored about what it will be that will mean that young people, that all of us actually, are here to stay with our faith. Our mission here at St Philip's is to make disciples who make disciples, which is what Jesus commanded us in the reading that came from Matthew today. So we embrace our vision here of growing young. We long to see our young people and all of us become disciples who make disciples and to see these young people being people who stay connected to Jesus and the church over the long haul. So as I said before, as people have researched this, there's been lots of articulations of biblical and sociological principles about what factors seem to be key. And one of my favourites is called Here to Stay, and we're going to explore that today. So a key idea in this is a formula. I plus F equals T. So we know information is important. It's so important for us to grasp the truth of the gospel. And in both what Alastair said today and also in what Holly said today, um, they've had people, families and others around them who have shaped them in that information that's so important in the Christian faith. To shape them in the information that God loved the world, loved us so much that he sent Jesus that we might have eternal life. To know the information about why that is important and to know why that is spectacularly good news. But we know that information by itself is not enough. It's not enough in anything in life. You need to act on the information that you believe to be true. You need to have experiences where you can be shaped in that information. 
You need to have relationships that enable you to see the reality of how that information works. And in the case of the Christian faith, you need to encounter the one who will change your life by encountering him. So as well as information, we need formational experiences. We need information plus formation. So it's information and transformation together that lead to transformation. But it's actually always the work of the Holy Spirit that leads to transformation. And the work of the Spirit is a supernatural thing that's definitely outside of our control. It's the new birth that was referred to in our reading from John 3 and the continual shaping into the likeness of Jesus that is brought about by God as he wills. But he does choose us and calls us to be part of shaping each other and indeed he calls us to be a participant in his work in us. And as I said before, there are some things that have been found to be key formative experiences that when combined together and where the Holy Spirit works through them um, and combined with solid and true information tends to lead to life transformation. And that's what we long for. It's what we long for in our young people. It's what we long for for Holly and for Alistair and for Jasmine. And it's what we long for for each other as well. And so while these things that we're going to look look at today have been designed particularly with young people in mind, and they actually have some relevance, um, particular relevance and um, emphasis in that stage of life, I think the things that we're going to explore today are actually key for all of us about whether we are here to stay with our faith and with church. One of the things that Paul writes um, in the New Testament, in the Bible, in the book of Galatians, so it's a letter to the church in Galatia, he longs for Christ to be formed in them. That's what we long for, for our young people, for Holly, for Alastair, for Jasmine, and for all of our young people, but also what we long for, one another. We long for Christ to be formed in us. Paul writes that he longs for it so strongly, wrestles so actively for it, that he describes it like being in the pains of childbirth. So I wonder, do we long for Christ to be formed in each other in that kind of way? We're going to look at um, 10 factors that have been found to be key in um, people staying as followers of Jesus throughout their life. And you did get a handout as you came in that does list them. I'm not going to follow them quite how they are on the sheet, but it's a chance for you to take it away and reflect on it some more. So encounters with Jesus... 
From my perspective, this is the formative pillar. It's the most important one by a long stretch. The kind of encounter with Jesus that Jesus talks about in the passage that we heard from John 3, where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. Jesus speaks about needing to have an experience, an encounter with Jesus, where you spiritually come to life. An encounter that he describes as being born again. And Karen's going to talk a little bit more about that good news, about that gospel down at the beach. But if you haven't had that kind of encounter with Jesus, Kieran or myself or a Christian that you're here with, we'd love to talk with you a bit more about that. But it's not just a one-off encounter with Jesus. It's ongoing encounters with Jesus throughout our life that hold us in our relationship with him. One of the key ways that we encounter Jesus is through his word, the Bible. So that's the second formational pillar that's been found to be significant in people being here to stay in their faith. Engagement with God through the Bible and understanding the big story of the Bible. That's a key reason that we're using the Gospel Project material that we are on a Sunday morning with our kids and youth because it systematically goes through the Bible and shows how it all points to Jesus. An idea that's been really foundational for me is that it's in God's story that we truly find ourselves in. As we sink more deeply into God's story, we find ourselves more deeply or more to the point we find ourselves found by God. A third pillar is that of positive peer community. And so young people, I'm particularly speaking to you now, um, not only you, but especially you. It's important for all of us to have peers around us, people who are at similar stages of life to us, and who are able to spur us on, encourage us, challenge us, and just be with us on the journey. It's important for all of us, but it's especially important for young people because of your stage of development and life. So Holly and Alastair and Jasmine need you to continue to spur them on, to continue encouraging them as followers of Jesus. It really matters. So I invite um, young people to remember that. Um, If I could, I'd be talking to some of the little littlies about Jasmine. But, um, But we all need to be encouraging each other in our Christian journeys with the peers around us. The fourth formational pillar, according to Here This Day, is families taking seriously their role as the primary place of faith formation. You heard a bit about that as Ruth read um, and spoke um, about their bringing Jasmine for baptism today. And while it's particularly true for families with young people in them, it's actually true for all of us. 
involves what we specifically and intentionally together, do together to form our faith. Things like reading the Bible and praying together. But it also involves the modelling of those closest around us in our families. How we prioritise our relationship with God and his people makes a really significant impact on those closest to us. And how we wrestle through the realities of life and help each other do that, can form each other in looking to God in those things and recognising, like Malcolm spoke about for those who were here last week, that we're in God's schoolroom all the time, or actually not looking to God in those things, forms each other in saying that God's not really important in the daily realities of life. And young people, you actually make a really um, significant difference in your parents' faith when you look to Jesus. It's not just your um, parents shaping you in that. So can I encourage you that I hear regularly about how your faith actually inspires your parents as well. We've spoken about the importance of peer community and the family context. Another important pillar is generational connections. And that's where lots of us come in. It's relationships across ages and stages in the church community. It's another really important pillar. We've got lots of beautiful examples in our church community of connections between younger people and older people. One of the things we're doing is some of our older people are praying for one of our young people. And in fact... Um, one of the 7.30 congregation today came and asked me uh, for some details about the young person that she's praying for. It's important um, for all of us to take responsibility in that too. It's something that we can move towards or we can move away from. And I particularly wanted to encourage our young people that um, you can connect with our older people as much as they can connect with you as well. So um, just encourage all of us um, that um, the, the initiative and the responsiveness of connecting across the generations is all of our responsibility and is going to be really important for all of us in our growth as Christians. One of the more intentional ways that we can build on these connections with our peers, so with people the same age as us, in our families or across generations is through more intentional mentoring or coaching relationships. They can be informal or more formal. And again, we've all got a role in taking initiative or responding to those things. The seventh formative pillar that Here to Stay has identified is what I've called peak experiences. Things like camps, mission trips, women's or men's retreats. Those significant moments that shape us. The statistics of the number of people who have first encountered Jesus being strongly shaped in their faith or been strengthened in their peer Christian community 
through their involvement in peak experiences of various kinds is completely off the charts. And it's one of the reasons we are so strong in encouraging our young people to participate in things like camps. And I know if I asked around this room, we'd hear many, many stories of how peak experiences of different kinds have been significant on our faith journeys. And again, we can be proactive in putting ourselves in the way of um, these kind of peak experiences for ourselves, but also for the young people in our lives. An eighth formative pillar that's been recognised is that of rites of passage. So not only um, is baptism a response to Jesus' command, like we heard in the reading from Matthew, and like we've also heard in the baptism liturgy that Kieran read before, it's also a rite of passage. Rites of passage are markers of stages in our faith and life journey, and they've been found to be really key pillars for young people sticking with their faith. The ninth pillar of here to stay is serving on mission. One of the things that God invites us all into when we become followers of him is to having a purpose that's bigger than ourselves. We're called to join in with his mission in his world. And so it's important for people of all ages to be part of serving on mission, showing and telling the good news of Jesus to the world that so desperately needs it. I've been reflecting recently on how much I was shaped by being part of evangelistic missions in my teenage years. Things like giving out flyers for events in our local shopping centre, being ready to have conversations where we share about the good news of Jesus, and being part of teams that were ready to pray with people who responded to Jesus at events. I've also been thinking about how easy it is for us to get complacent about joining in with God's mission in his world. So I wonder, how could you more actively serve in God's mission? Young people, older people, we all get to be part of that. And how's God calling you to do that at this time? Our tenth and final pillar is that of responding with compassion. That is, having our heart broken with the things that break God's heart and responding to others from that place. Here's a picture of one way that we as a community have responded with compassion recently. It's a photo of trauma training um, that we helped facilitate that's been run by our partner church, St Philip's in Calabay in Kenya. So the primary thing that shapes us um, in responding with compassion is to have experienced God's compassion towards us. But experiences that draw, the, draw out in us God's heart of compassion are also key. So I see that developed in some of our young people who have had rich experiences of very different kinds of places in the world. People like the Hursts, um, Charlotte and 
Joe and Will have experienced Africa and have really been shaped by what they've seen in that kind of context. Toby and Alyssa have been in Nepal and been really shaped by that. Um, Some of our other young people have been shaped by the heart that their parents and others around them have for um, the people who might need that in our world. So that's ten pillars that have been found to be significant in people being here to stay with their faith and the church. Things that will be significant on Jasmine and Holly and Alastair's journey, things that will be significant on all of our journeys to being people for whom following Jesus stays important through our lives. So encounters with Jesus... Grasping and connecting with God's story, positive peer community, family faith formation, generational connections, mentors and coaches, peak experiences, rites of passage, serving on mission and responding with compassion. As we aim to be and make disciples who make disciples, These are some of the things that will help us all, including those being baptised today, to stay and grow on that journey. Things that will help us connect up with God, in with each other and out to the world. Things that will help us engage with the word, works and ways of Jesus. Amen.